All right, welcome to a financial planning podcast with the down-to-earth vibe even Sasquatch would roll in the mud for. I am R. Brandon Long, and this is Through the Pines. On this first episode of Through the Pines, we'll discuss why to use a financial advisor and how to choose one, featuring Rex Baxter. Rex, I was first introduced to in high school, and we, let's just put it this way, the first time I hung from a rope, Rex was at the other end. So, uh, and we'll, we can explain what that means. And the first time I ever had a encounter with a Sasquatch, Rex was in the same tent. So I've known Rex for an awfully long time, and he makes his living as a financial advisor. Is that correct, Rex? That's perfect. That's, that's perfect. Okay, good. So, uh, Rex, what do you do? We'll explain your job. So, I'm a financial advisor, and I'm a certified financial planner. What Advisor. What does that mean? It's a technical term. <laughs> Sounds like one. <laughs> yeah. So, a, a financial advisor will, will work with you on anything that involves a dollar. So Mm -hmm. if it involves a dollar, I'm involved in it probably one way or another, any legal way. Bitcoin dollars, does that count? I'm aware that Bitcoin (laughs) dollars exist. Okay. Um, We do not invest in them or recommend Bitcoin dollars. Um, But we're familiar with with everything that that involves a dollar. And and essentially our our role is to assist our clients um, in making better and more educated financial decisions. Which is excellent. Okay, so you might think, well, there you go, game over. That's why and how you should choose a financial advisor. But we will get more into that in just a minute. We also have a segment coming up called S'more Numbers. We're going to give you s'more. See what we did there? S'more Numbers to think about. And s'more stories, lessons from Sasquatch. Also an opportunity for some listener Q&A. We pose the question, you leave an answer, you may be able to win a prize. Uh, We'll kind of tell you what's going on with some upcoming topics and then leave you with a quote of the week. So we'll jump right in here. Rex, why should, why should anyone, I mean, I've never used technically like taking, you know, time and sat down with a financial advisor, but I also spent some time trying to learn it and tried, I actually tried to become sort of a financial advisor at some point in my life too. So why should people use a financial advisor? Well, I, I think that that's, I mean, that's our topic, right? So that's a yeah. great question. <laughs> I just thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that, I think sometimes those questions can be better answered through, through examples or stories. And so, um, you know, I, today, for example, which Sasquatch called me and because he knows your phone number. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're close. (laughs) So, so, so he calls and, and he, he tells me a story about how he's, he's been working for a long time. Um, building igloos and, and things like that. That's and, Yeti. So gathering acorns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gathering acorns. Or whatever Sasquatch does. <laughs> I'm sure there's winners where Sasquatch lives as well. So so he'd been working and had recently uh, decided to go out on his own and had changed That's jobs. A big move, yeah. And, and Sasquatch, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if any of you are aware, but um, I think if I, if I remember correctly, he may have just turned 60. Okay. And, uh, and so... So for a six-year-old to change jobs can be a little scary and and difficult on occasions. And so he's starting out on his own and, and he calls and, and asks the question of, you know, what should I do with my retirement account? Yeah. And and so as as we go through the discussion, and this this is a very typical 
conversation for somebody that calls, not necessarily dealing with a retirement account or, or changing jobs, but just that they have they have some something that's concerning them and stressing them that they're looking for professional advice on, for a, additional guidance, additional opinions and, so, and so, direction. Someone besides their friend at the bar or whatever, like just someone who may know a little something on the topic, I guess. Right. I mean, sometimes the person in the cubicle next to you is not always your best source of information. Oh, well. <laughs> Sometimes they are. Well, that explains so, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyhow, you know, we go through those discussions and, and they sometimes they're headed in one direction and, and that may be the, the path most taken instead of the path least taken, right? And, and it may not be the right decision for them as far as financially because they may not be aware of the pitfalls that, that lie in front of them. Okay. And so I, I think as, as an advisor, what an advisor can do for you is, is assist you with understanding those things that you don't understand and, and help you make better educated decisions regarding your financial life. Okay. Um, is, and there's limits. So, you know, what, what can a financial advisor help with? What can they not help with? So there, there's a lot of different kinds of financial advisors. So, mm-hmm. so that would, I think that would be the first uh, area that you would need to explore is, is who are you talking to? What are their qualifications? Yeah. Like taxes, for instance. Right. So, so for instance, if we're talking taxes, you know, I probably know enough to be dangerous with yeah. taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm not a CPA and yeah. so I do not give tax advice and yet I'm, I'm aware enough of how taxes impact people's financial life that I can give them guidance and, and try and assist them with asking the right questions. Can you give legal guidance on taxes or like, where's that line where so I, you have to be a CPA? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you can't, you can't even give legal guidance on, on taxes. I mean, yeah. I can tell them the tax impact or the potential tax impact rather mm-hmm. of certain financial decisions, right? If somebody, if somebody buys a, a security for a certain dollar amount for, for a hundred dollars and they sell that security for $200, then, then I can assist them and say, well, that's either a, and we'll get more into this in, in later sessions, but, but that's either a short-term capital gain or a long-term capital gain. And, and, you know, then we can go through and say, well, depending upon what tax bracket you're in, you'll be paying 0%, 15% or 20% on that gain. And so we can, we can assist them with that and then steer them back to the CPA or even, you know, team up with their CPA and, and figure out exactly where they're at and whether that is a smart financial decision for them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know what the st- stats are. I mean, how many, I'm, I'm sure people with money, uh, and, and, you know, you define that, whatever that you, the listener, you can define people with money means, but I'm assuming anyone who's a millionaire or higher or even a thousand, you know, multi hundred thousand heir has a financial planner. Do you know many people who, who have a decent amount of money who don't use one? You know, I, th- I think you'd be surprised at, yeah. at the people that do and don't have financial advisors. A, a lot of times, you know, we think millionaire and, and what comes to mind for most people when they think millionaire is, is a million dollars in a bank account. And, and yet in reality, you know, there's a lot of people with that are millionaires because their home values or right. because all of their money's tied up in a retirement account. And, and a lot of people don't, don't seek out financial advice until after they've, they've made the financial decision. And then we're, we turn into, to fix it financial advice. Mm. And, mm. uh, and so I, I'm, I'm always a little bit surprised 
at, at the people that do and don't and, and have and haven't. And, and lots of times it's because somebody's taken the time to work with them or educate them or introduce them to a financial advisor, uh, you know, through, through their friendship or network. Yeah. How often do you come across, um, uh, some running, some Sasquatches wild, wild in the forest who come to you and they, and you, you cringe on how they made one decision. It would have made a significant difference. Not someone who's, you know, just, sort of plugging along as they, you know, as they should be maybe, but maybe they really messed up and you could have really have helped them. So, so it's, it's interesting, but probably multiple times in a year we run across different situations. Yeah. You know, it, it could be something as simple as, as people not realizing that there's other avenues, you know, it, so here's an example for you. Okay. <clears throat> let's go, let's go for let's another, go, let's go another, for another example okay. is, is <clears throat> Sasquatch didn't come in, but Mrs. Sasquatch came Miss, in. Miss, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Mrs. Mrs. Right? <clears throat> not, not the daughter. Got it. But Miss Sasquatch comes in and, and, uh, she had inherited a, a significant amount of, of assets and, and, you know, when you inherit assets, there's, you know, sometimes you get a step up in, in valuation, things like that. For like she got purposes. half a forest. <laughs> so, she, so she got, she got half a forest and about 20 pine needles. Yeah. Okay. Right? <laughs> and, and so we're dealing with the 20 pine needles in this situation. Okay. And, oh, wow. Uh, okay. And so she, she ended up selling, uh, you know, this money for a very short term purchase. And because of that purchase, she was going to sell it again in three months. And, and we could have, instead of incurring this enormous tax liability, mm. we could have leveraged the, the portfolio and, and borrowed against it for a very short period of time and probably could have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. In this situation. Wow. wow. Okay. And, uh, and, and that's significant for most yeah. people. Yeah. Well, for, <laughs> no, and yeah, show me someone who it's not significant to, because because that's a big deal. That's a lot of money. Well, the Sasquatch yeah. family, it was big. It, it was a big Sasquatch family. <laughs> All right, so you know, there's I don't know how I know the financial industry is regulated uh, pretty hefty, um, and so I know there's going to be some things for you listeners who are listening to the podcast. There's some things we can talk about. There's some things we can't talk about, um, but I want to get into there's like how do you know it's like a sketchy financial advice like how do you find a good one like how do you because you know if there's there's no longer you know yellow pages but you know look in the yellow page <laughs> but if you go in and you google financial advisor I don't know, how do they pop up when do they, how many pop up now and i don't know like how do you s sort of pre-select out one to maybe interview to see if that works well for what you're looking for that's that's a great question brandon so there's there's a lot of questions that you should be asking and and we'll go through a couple of those questions in just a minute but the the first thing that i always recommend to people is they go to a, a federal website called brokercheck.com mm. it's ran by finra um, which is uh, you know there's a lot of jargon in yeah, our industry, yeah. in case you aren't aware, Finra, I have no <laughs> idea what that is. And so that's that's the one of the the oversight, uh, the federal oversight group that oversees um, financial advisors, okay. essentially. And so if you go to brokercheck.com, you can type in their name, and if you know the firm they're with, and it will pull up their their regulatory history, where they're licensed, what they're licensed to do, um, if they have any disclosures, if they have any. Uh, civil litigation or cases against them, thing, things of that nature. And anyone who's anyone should be registered, right? Like if they're not registered, is that a red flag? 
So, so it depends on what you're looking for because there's again a lot of acronyms in our in our business. And so, you know, if you're if you're looking for a a holistic type of financial advisor, somebody that that can do everything under the sun, then then they're going to be on that website because mm-hmm. that means that they have the the ability they've passed the the right exams in order to to buy and sell stock or buy and sell bonds and and mutual funds and insurance and different things like that then they're going to be on that website. If somebody is is only licensed for insurance, then they probably won't be on that website. Okay. And so for that kind of a situation, then then you'd go to your state insurance commissioner's website. But insurance people can sell some types of uh, financial plans, correct? You you do. You get a lot of people but that that will sell financial plans. Uh, however, I think you need to be aware that if if somebody only can sell you a certain type of product. If you go to to Big O Tires, for example, you go to a tire shop, then they're probably going to give you great tire advice, but they may not give you great overall engine advice. Okay. If that's a, a decent analogy. Okay. So insurance person should be able to give good insurance advice. Right. Right. They should be able okay. to give great insurance advice, but they may be limited to insurance advice. Okay. Okay. So you go to the website and you find the a whole list of people in your area. Now, what do you do? So, so once you've, so normally you, you would, you know, most people ask friends and family, who should I talk to? Yeah. Right. And so once, once you get a couple of names, then you'd go to the website and you'd run it across, across the website and make sure that they, they have a clean, a clean Mm -hmm. regulatory history. Yeah. So once you know they have a clean regulatory history, then you should sit down with them and ask them a number of questions. Okay. So some some of the questions might be what are your qualifications or what professional credentials do you have? Now is that rude? Has anybody asked you that? Like, well, what are who are you? What are your qualifications? So my smartest customers ask me that. Yeah, there you go. Okay, good answer. So you you want to know? You want to have confidence that that the person you're working with not only has the the right education and information. Yeah. But they also are continuing to learn and stay abreast of the financial markets and, and the and the financial advice because that's what you're going to rely on. So if someone's offended by that question, then that may be a flag. Right. Or okay. if they clam up or get nervous or you, you can you can tell that they, they may be skirting the answer, yeah. then then that would be a concern if they can't yeah. clearly delineate what designations and what their qualifications are. That's an issue. Okay. Good. So uh, some other questions might be how long they've been in practice, what areas they're they're going to specialize in. Um, so how long they've been in practice? Um, but it's, um, I mean, you, everyone everyone has to start somewhere. So there are the newbies usually teamed with a, an agent who's been in the business longer. So it depends on the firm. Yeah. And so you, that's why you want to make sure. So, you know, you want to know who all is going to be involved in giving you the advice. Yeah. And so just that answer alone isn't a red flag, but that answer without some backup might be a red flag. Okay. So I, I think that that's important. I think knowing how many clients they may have, if they if they have one client, that that may or may not be a red flag. Okay. Um, are they are they truthful? Are they going to always be honest and say, "Oh well, I only have one client." No, but I I think. I think that answer is always interesting because I think sometimes you get people that that will say, oh, I have hundreds and hundreds. Okay, well, does that mean that when you're making a phone call to give me financial advice that I'm call number one or I'm call number 726? Okay, so where's the sweet spot? 
So, you know, I, I think I think every advisor has a sweet spot, and I'm not sure that there's a straight answer to that, other yeah. than I think most advisors, in my mind, typically will handle somewhere between maybe maybe 100 to a couple hundred. Okay. You know, if you're getting up into the thousands per one advisor. Then you need a big team. Then. Stuff or whatever. Right. Yeah. Okay. So so I think that that would, that would be an issue. I think um, understanding what their what their philosophy is and how they approach problems so that you can see if your your history and your interests and and maybe your biases align to uh, some how, extent. How would I ask that question? So so I think you had asked the question as as what is what is your investment philosophy or what is your financial planning philosophy? Okay. And and so, you know, in, in our practice, you know, one of our our core tenants is that we don't want to take any more risk than we have to in order to help you achieve your goal. Okay. Right? So that means that if somebody can achieve their goal by buying CDs, then then that's unless they change the goal on me. And and just clarification, we're not talking about music here. We're yeah. we're not talking about Graywell. <laughs> yeah. we yeah. We're talking about certificates of deposit yeah. <clears throat> held at a FDIC uh, insured institution. Okay. So, um then then we would kind of stay in that in that area unless they're going to change the goal on us. And, and, and quite frequently people will do that is they'll say, well, I don't want to take any risk. Mm-hmm. And, and so we'll say, well, if you don't want to take any risk, then this is most likely going to be your end point. And they'll say, well, I'm not happy with that end point. And so I want to get further up the trail. I want to, I want to, you know, get higher up the mountain. So do you have people that come that, that come seeking advice who are extraordinarily risky? Well, we do. However, most of the people that come in that are extremely risky are are typically only showing a portion of their financial life. So they're extremely risky with one section. With a smaller amount of money, maybe. Right, just with okay. a couple of pine needles, right? Yeah. And so so the, they might be really aggressive with, with, that, with that sliver, mm-hmm. but then their overall life may look differently. So sometimes people will come in and, and want us to take a lot of risk with one piece. And, mm-hmm. and that raises concerns yeah. um, because then, you know, we may be, if we're not seeing the entire picture, we may be overlapping other areas. We may be doing them a disservice by not seeing the entire picture. Yeah. Okay. So are those all the questions we should ask or are there more questions? we No, should I, ask? I think okay. you need to understand how people are compensated, how you're paying them and what you're paying them. Right. And so ask right up front, like what are you, what's your take? Right, right. How do you get out? paid? How do I pay you? What sources are you getting paid at? And and are there conflicts of interest that I need to be aware of? Okay. So what are some industry standards? So a couple of the the primary ways that people get paid are either commissions, which is a transaction based uh, payment, to where you're getting paid on a on a transaction. Uh, the other primary method would be a what we call a a fee based which is typically based off of either the assets that somebody manages or a prearranged flat fee for a given year for that advice, kind of like a retainer of mm-hmm. sorts. But, but those, those are the primary ways. And, and so you need to understand that. And then underneath that, you need to understand if there's additional costs for some of the financial products that you may be being involved with. So I, I think the, the crux of the situation is just making sure that you ask what fees are involved? How are you compensated? Because we all know that the people make money for a living, mm-hmm. and and it's not a, a so for is there a free fee basis. schedule that you can ask for or something, or is there something that you know you typically like, what's it, or or someone seeking this advice may may be familiar with what's going on. 
So I, th- I think every advisor and every advisor firm's unique that way. Okay. And so some, some will have fee schedules, some, some will just lay it out for you right there. Um, but the important thing is that an advisor can, can delineate that for you. How do you know if you're paying too much? Is that a thing? Well, like so you're taking like, so you should talk to multiple people. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. I mean, you should talk to multiple advisors and, and compare and contrast. And so when you're, when you're out looking at financial advisors, you know, normally you do want to talk to two or three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's good. Uh, man, that's, it sounds like it's, it's an ordeal, but it's your money. So, and you know, you got to pick the right person. Yeah. It's, it's money's a funny thing. Money's a funny, <laughs> and some people probably don't think it's very funny at all. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Again, we are, are sitting here with Rex Baxter. Um, a, uh, this is what you do for a living, right? This is what I do for a living. Like, not, not the podcasting part, but the, <laughs> I am yeah. not a professional podcaster, but a professional financial advisor. Really? I, I am a certified financial planner practitioner and a so planner, financial planner. And, okay. and so my title is a financial advisor. Okay. Is, is my title or private wealth advisor to where okay. we advise Ooh, on Use wealth. the word wealth. That always sounds better. <laughs> that sounds fancy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So, uh, how did how to choose and why to choose a financial advisor? Um, any last few words on that topic? No, I think I think just making sure that that you ask a lot of questions. I mean, you can you can Google questions. So don't be embarrassed to ask the questions at, at all. There's okay. th- there's no just like most things in life. There's no dumb questions. Okay, so I have I have a question. Here's my first dumb question. Then, um, how much is too little to approach a financial advisor with? I have 50 bucks a month to invest. Can I, can I go to a financial planner and say, that's how much I have? Man, that is a Sasquatch question. That's a, <laughs> that, that's a big question. Yeah. So you how know, much the, do you need? Yeah. The, the answer is it needs to make financial sense. Okay. Right. I mean, if you, if you come to an advisor and you say, Hey, I want to invest $50 a month for instance. And so you're looking at six, $600 a year. And the fees are three hundred dollars to work with that financial advisor. Mm. That'd be difficult to overcome, right? Yeah, I mean, that's fifty yeah. percent of of mm-hmm. the value, and so that's why it's important that you know what the costs are, and and that you can weigh whether the whether the juice is worth the squeeze. Wow. So. <laughs> okay. I'll, I have coconuts dancing in my head right now for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we thought here uh, that it would be fun to have to play with numbers. Numbers are always a good time. So uh, we have s'more numbers here. S'more numbers for you. Uh, Rex, did you fi- did you dig up any so, uh, some so fun numbers for us? Here, here's an interesting one that okay. I ran across um, just the other day. And, and, you know, I read a little bit on occasions. And <laughs> okay. so, but this time I, I was actually came across a, an ESPN number. All right, we're getting into sports. So, so from ESPN, I don't know if you know, but the football bowl subdivision. So these are schools that are eligible for bowls. It used to be Which known as the 1A. It feels like there's a thousand of them, but yeah. Lots of them. So they can have up to 85 scholarship players on their roster. <clears throat> Each team can. Each team. Okay. And this last year, <clears throat> how, how old's your daughter again? Well, 17. The oldest is 17. Youngest. Youngest is seven. Okay. So, no, sorry. I'm sorry. She just turned nine yesterday. Just turned nine. Yeah. So, so I'm not laying this out to, to lay any pressure upon you. She should learn football. Is that what you're saying? However, according to ESPN, Isaiah Zeke Marshall, a seventh grader in Southfield, Michigan, seventh grader, <laughs> seventh grader okay. was offered a football scholarship by the University of Michigan Wolverines. How can they do that? How do they... 
they just retain the kid from because they know that it's going to be a good player. Yep. So he's five eight. He's a quarterback, hundred and fifty pounds, thirteen years old. You are kidding me. He's due to graduate in May twenty twenty four. So my so okay, my boy is four. So I'm going to start working with him because he's got <laughs> he's got a little bit of time. My my daughter's now you know something about this. She's a, my daughter's a dancer. Oh yeah, yeah. fantastic dancer, oh, the, Irish. Irish style dancer. Yes. Uh, and she has a performance coming up this weekend uh, in front of the whole whole city there. We're going to all go watch the Celtic celebration. But isn't that interesting? And, and that's the arts. In the arts, um, you know, the scholarships are are not that. You know, they're not recruiting the kids in the arts and, and saying, hey, come to our school in seventh grade. I don't think. If that happened, I haven't heard about that. But they're recruiting on the sports side, particularly football, it's seventh seventh grade. Seventh grade. Wow. Yeah, I my my daughters also dance an awful yeah. lot, and uh, and have been lucky enough to to leverage that into into scholarships. However, we did not put them on any recruiting websites at seventh grade in order to secure <laughs> did, scholarships. You did. You did. Uh, all right. Well, that is some more numbers. Uh, get your kids ready for football. That's all I can say. Um, all right. So some more stories, lessons from Sasquatch. We had a couple in nuggets in there. Did you have something else, or should we dive into a little personal history here? So let's let's delve into a little bit of personal okay, history. Okay. Maybe I, I'm a little nervous to say that. Okay. But. Uh, well, I was I was going to go with I was going to follow up on we led with the first time I dangled from a rope. You know, you were on the other end. So uh, you know, when you say that, what comes to mind is the old commercial: "Get the rope with the the barbecue <laughs> sauce." Was that hot sauce or barbecue I can't sauce? Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's the point was to tease everyone. Like, what kind of rope are they talking about? But it's climbing. So I had never rock climbed before, and you had a family member who taught you the ways a little bit. Like, how many times did you go out before you said, "Brandon, let's go get on a rope"? Oh, I should I even know this answer? I, I think that that might scare you. Okay, <laughs> I think you're better off telling your own stories about that. So I didn't know, but I trusted Rex. And uh, I said, all right, cool. And we started rock climbing together. And it's it's one of the best moves I've ever made in my life was to say yes to however you asked to go rock climbing. So thanks for getting me into that sport. That was a lot of fun, which led us to our Sasquatch run-in. And I think it's a little too much for this first episode. You're going to have to stay tuned to, figure, to hear in a later podcast Yes, we did run into Sasquatch, and and no, we're not kidding, and we'll tell you that story later. Does that work? Uh, absolutely. Okay. So I'd, right. I'd hate to, to ruin why I still have occasional nightmares. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, we will have a little bit of listener Q&A. So uh, before we get to that, let's tell you about some upcoming topics on the podcast. Taxes, we, we touched on that for a second. Education, and uh, I believe like, like, like how the kids learn. And, and, and when to learn about finances uh, and, and what are they being taught now? What is a comprehensive financial plan? Budgeting. We all love that word. Uh, leave it or roll it. So, uh, <laughs> budget. budget. So, right, okay, quick, quick Bougie. thing. Yeah, budget. So, uh, Yellowstone uh, was up in Yellowstone years and years ago and uh, everything was sold out. I'm trying to get a cabin and I go up to, I go up to the person working. Now, the cool thing about national parks is they have people who work there from all over the world. The bad thing is if they've got an accent that I can't understand and this person had a really strong accent and it, do you remember, uh, is it just friends? Balky, 
Balky Bartokamus or whatever his name was. Oh but yeah, the guy from from like Poland from yeah, something like something that, like right? That, yeah. European block. So I said, yeah, I, I, you know, I need a cab. He's, uh, uh, you know, we're out, we're out, or I need a room at the hotel. He said, oh, he said we're out. We're gonna have uh, a bougie cabin. A, a bougie cabin? A bougie cabin? What is a bougie cabin? I don't know. And he must have explained it a hundred times. Finally, he got the paper out and showed me. A bougie cabin. A bougie cabin is a budget cabin. The budget cabin. I'm, I'm like, yes, I want a budget cabin. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't. I had no idea what a bougie a bougie cabin. I I I don't want to take what I don't know what it is. Like I really need to know what this word is. He had to show me on the paper, and I still feel really bad about not understanding what he said. But yeah, budgeting. Uh, leave it or roll it. What to do with your previous employer retirement plans and the differences between will and trust. So stick with us here on the Through the Pines podcasts. Um, we we are hoping to provide a path that you can go back to friends, associates, um, family, and maybe help them out with a little bit of financial planning in the future. So this week's Q and A question. Why haven't you used a financial planner? And we will post this question on our Facebook at Through the Pines. So go to Facebook and go to Through the Pines. And leave your answer. We will pick our favorite and we will give you a chance to win a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. So go ahead and leave your question through the Pines or leave your answer to the question at Through the Pines on Facebook. Why haven't you used a financial planner? So this week's quote of the week. Too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. That is Will Rogers. Thank you so much, Rex Baxter, for joining us this week. This is Through the Pines reminding you to use yesterday's dollars to finance tomorrow's dreams. <laughs>